The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcasts and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered patron-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. Today, we'll be talking about crafting for change, criminal making, and when your supplies try to kill you. That sounds very ominous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think the whole audience is like, I bet that last one's Haley's topic. (laughs) (laughs) Is it my topic? It's, it's not. It's me. I'm talking about that. I know. It's just, I was going to say, I, I, I don't think I don't think it's me. It just feels like a very Haley topic. I, I agree. It would be extremely on brand for me. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Well, so believe it or not, listeners, um, the giant latch hook pom pom costume exists. Yeah. I am shocked. <laughs> shocked and amazed. It really exists. Um, today is October 30th, so just in time for Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. Today's the 30th, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did it. It happened. Yay! <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, this is a costume that has been in the works since last Halloween. Yeah. So this is an especially triumphant moment (laughs) sure we'll see once i actually uh take the pictures if it in fact looks like my grandmother's toilet seat from 1995 or if it looks like a (laughs) pom-pom as intended so we'll see (laughs) Uh, i would honestly be interested in either (laughs) yeah i i I mean i will say that that was it, it is the same color as the toilet seat cover that my grandparents had so um, yeah, I, I'm here for it either way. Yeah, there's big toilet energy in this costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I, oh, no, I, no, I, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> um, yeah. So <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> um, so recently, I got to have a little visit with. Um, some friends of mine who moved to Eswatini, which is also Swaziland, um, a few years ago. And um, when they came to see me, they brought me fabric from Eswatini, some of which was printed in South Africa. And I always say that, like, fabric is the perfect souvenir for um, someone like myself, and they have yeah. obviously paid attention. But um, this was the best part of this. Um, their young son... Uh, immediately wanted to talk to me about having some hamster sweaters made because he and his mom have listened to the podcast and he has two hamsters and he thinks they need to be Harry Potter themed. He thinks that would be perfect. So he put in his official request. I mean, Heidi, didn't you design a Harry Potter yeah. sweater? Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I know where to get the pattern so that I can make these. Um, so... Jackson Actual and Wendy, sweaters. if you're listening, um, maybe, maybe it could still happen. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, sh- there's a Golden Snitch one, and then there's um, a, a Deathly Hallows one, 
and then the initial ones are really easy to make for anybody. Okay. If you really want to go down the hamster sweater rabbit hole well, that I I'll, now just live in. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I mean, the, that we, we'll never, you'll, you'll never get, get past that. But I guess I'll have to find Wasn't out. Wasn't that the first episode that you were in, Heidi? It yeah. was. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it's like, it is your, your very serious crafts Thing. brand, uh, if you will. But I think I would, I like the idea... I like the idea I'm of the initials. I'm and she's hamster sweater. <laughs> what are you, Molly? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Mag- I think I think mm. I keep doing magic tricks because I'm talking Unexpected magic tricks today outbursts. too. Yeah, magic tricks and uh, dad jokes. Yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I don't know. Anyway, that's and funny. I think Haley. I think that yours is that you tend to have special guests with you on a regular basis. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's true. I, I'm getting there. Um, so, <laughs> I am. Uh, so, okay. Thing one. My book is done. My book is done. My book is done. Yay! Yay! And that means thing two could happen, which is my mom is here for Halloween. Yay! So, thing two. Hi, Hi, um, Hi girls. <laughs> And uh, now I want to tell you a, an embarrassing story about my book signing at Rhinebeck. Okay. <laughs> so, as uh, listeners will probably recall, I was at the New York Sheep and Wool Festival, lovingly known as Rhinebeck to everyone, last weekend? I don't know. The weekends blur together. I think it was last weekend. Um, to sign Golden Girls books. And... I was carrying a lot of pretty heavy things when I was leaving, and most of the heavy things were in a backpack, because that is where you should carry your heavy things instead of a shoulder bag. So my best friend and I were walking back into town for dinner, and it's raining, but it's not unpleasant, and as we were walking, I got a leaf in my shoe. So I decided I was going to stand on one foot while holding multiple bags on each side and this backpack, which would have been fine. I was a gymnast for many years. That is not a problem. But as I did that, my best friend Melanie thought she would help by taking one of the bags off of my shoulder. Oh, no. Which completely unbalanced me. And so as I am trying to avoid putting my stocking foot on the wet ground, instead, I fell completely backwards into the mud, and then I was stuck. Oh, no! Because my backpack was so heavy that I was basically just a turtle with my legs flailing. (laughs) And... Which immediately, like, after I knew nothing terrible had happened, (laughs) immediately became very, very funny. Oh, yeah. And so now every time (laughs) Melanie sees me, she uh, makes a flailing motion (laughs) to remind me of my turtle state. So, um, turns out, if you carry heavy backpacks to Rhinebeck, it's entirely possible you will turn into a turtle. (laughs) Now you know. <laughs> uh, it's really I, a public service announcement. It, it is. Thank you for yeah. warning us all. 
Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. So, that. people who have who are all caught up on the podcast um, will know that I've been busy uh, moving and now uh, listing my old apartment for sale and all that fun, boring, adulty stuff. And so, one of the things... Hooray, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that um, we wanted to do, me and my husband, before we moved in was paint the place because the entire new apartment that we bought is uh like every shade of beige you could possibly imagine (laughs) so Uh. there's a lot of exposed brick which is great but every multiple shades of beige yeah is interesting to me yeah Yeah. like the there's like a creamy beige in one bathroom and the bedroom is like a grayish as they say a gray beige (laughs) i've learned this word recently because painting um Uh And there was like a like a true beige as I would envision it, and then the floors are wood floors, and the tile was all kind of an orangey beige. And I was like, I wow, the people we bought from were so nice, but it was so much beige everywhere, beige. (laughs) And I was going nuts. I was like, I cannot with this much brown. There's too much brown happening. So anyway, we painted, and I was pretty sure I knew like the right combination of colors that I wanted. Because um, it's, it's a small amount of space. It's about a thousand square feet, but there's so many walls that you can see from other parts of the house. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to just end up with a house that was like all light gray because I couldn't figure out how to make two colors work together. Because I think a lot of people yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> I agree, but also you work with colors. I think you can handle it. And I'm at home yeah. a lot. And so I yeah. want to like where I'm spending most of my time. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, it was all going well. And then we came to the kitchen. And the kitchen had ivory-painted cabinets, and they were recently painted, so I didn't want to pay to do that again. The wall was beige. The countertops were beige and black granite, and the floor was, like, tan tile. So it was just so much of a neutral all happening at the same time. Yes. And basically, I needed to pick a red but red is a very difficult color to get correct. My kitchen's red. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Red's supposed to be a nice color for food areas. It's yeah. supposed to be, like, inviting, blah, blah, blah. But good mm-hmm. lord, it was really hard to pick one that worked. Oh, yeah. I yeah, ended up swatching... color. Yeah. and it's Especially it's, in lipsticks, if you've ever tried it. Yeah. It's my favorite color, but it's so easy to get wrong. Yeah. And so I felt like a full psychopath because... At the end of the day, I swatched with seven different colors of red. <laughs> but that matters because red is one of those that you can't, like a small area mm-hmm. does not translate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So I know that Molly and Haley can appreciate the like anxiety that goes into choosing among seven reds and how we get to the oh, point yeah. of seven. Yeah. But I felt like a full crazy person. No, I, I yeah, you, guarantee I would have done at least that. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> I and the thing is, I have painted red, and it's it's an ordeal to paint a wall red because you actually mm-hmm. have to do so many coats of it to get it, yeah, um, even oh, and, and to get it even. Correct. It's the yeah. worst. So yeah. you don't want. I suppose if you needed to change that color afterwards it's a little bit easier once you have red as the base but i would think that that would affect it and yeah no you Mm want to get that right and that's i think that's i mean obviously it's easier with yarn or embroidery floss or fabrics to Mm -hmm. make a change 
um, than <laughs> repainting a whole room. However, it is. There's like times when you think, oh, I've got the right red here. And then you look at it, especially with any other thing that you're doing, and you go, oh, mm-hmm. no. That's yeah. terrible. So. <laughs> yep. Because orange, red, and blue, red, and yeah. violet, red, and brown, red. And yep. Yep. I I live in that world, being yeah. a pale person with blue undertones. Mm-hmm. Finding red lipstick that doesn't turn bright orange on me is <laughs> really uh, a, a thing. Yeah. yeah. But isn't red the most um, frequently occurring pigment in the universe? I think it might be. That I'm sounds sure. like... Or on it, the planet. That sounds... I'd buy that. Um, How there's, I read something about why barns are painted red, um, and why that was an inexpensive paint color. Mm -hmm. But eh, we'll revisit that at some point because (laughs) I will go on an internet deep dive, and nobody needs to go along on that with me while I'm just trying to remember. Yeah. Ooh. But I, I think that that red is also just coming for you. (laughs) which feels like a segue into what i was going to talk about and i don't know if that was intended to be or not Uh, go with it it wasn't but (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to cut you off heidi if you have more to talk about your no you're all good you're all good um yeah so i i don't know what what really got me thinking about this except that i think about it a lot um (laughs) And it's because um, I work with pins and needles a lot. And I don't know if you remember this, but I think a few years ago, there was a news story that was um, circulating a lot about a woman who swallowed some pins. And in my head, I kept thinking that it's like one of those old wives tales or urban legend kinds of things um, that this person swallowed these pins. And I thought, yeah, I think I remember it not being real. Well, I had to look it up again, and so I did, and I found the story, and it is very much real. Um, It was from The Guardian, and it happened in Australia. Uh, The story was published in 2012. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes if you have not read the horror story that this is. Um, I remembered the details. Yeah, basically... The way that this went down is she was sewing costumes and had just placed a few small pins in her mouth to hold them while she was working. Like we all do. Like we all do. I still do it almost every day and catch myself. Um, And she, like, coughed or inhaled or something and (gasps) the pins were gone. No. 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 (laughs) And she, like, kind of forgot about it. Like, I don't know how you forget, but, like, I think she felt fine and thought, they'll probably just pass through me. It'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) It really wasn't. And I, it was, she ended up needing to go to the emergency room, and it was a whole big ordeal. And... Yeah, I mean, who wants pins in their lungs? No one. It's a bad, it's a bad, bad thing. Yeah, I think I you thought, buried the lead, that it's lungs, not stomach here. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and that was... Yeah, I she, think, in, she inhaled them. She inhaled them. She literally inhaled them. Yes, and I think that she, she thought I swallowed a pin. Yes. But... Um, Which isn't ideal, right. but... Right. There are um, things you can eat to mitigate that. Yes, and in fact, I have heard, um, because uh, someone I know thought that her dog may have swallowed... Um, a razor blade, I believe. Uh, and ah! I know. And the vet said, have the dog eat cotton balls. Yes. Oh, right, right. So there you go. Um, I don't know that this this, this woman um, was eating cotton balls. I, I hope no, she No, have the dog come get an x-ray. Yeah. Uh, right. Never. So she... But, but you're supposed to also have them eat cotton balls, so it... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's your... That's the emergency yes. triage. Yes, yeah. exactly. Definitely. Um, but yeah. so well, she cats eat that a lot, or they do string and or thread and needles a lot. Mm. Yeah, and that's a bad deal. Yeah, no, that's not that's not good. Um, anyway, world of no. Yeah. So I thought, what I mean, like, does this happen more often than that? Which resulted in me finding another blog post. <laughs> Because this is always good, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Um, and this is from a, uh, a blog by Amy Meisner, I think is how you say her last name. And um, she, in fact, swallowed a pin, the kind that has, like, a ball on the end. I, I always would picture this as, like, the tiny dressmaker pins. That yeah. That would be easy mm-hmm. to do. This was one with, the like, a quilter's pin. Like a couple inches plus. Yeah, I, or, I mean, at least... At least I would say an inch and a half, you know. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah. So she shares her story about that. Along with the story um, where she said her mom was trying to teach her never to leave her embroidery scissors lying anywhere. um, Because she told her this story um, of uh-uh. involved, it says her story involved a woman who'd been sitting at the kitchen bench seat in the Swedish farmhouse chatting and embroidering. This could be like my ancestors because I'm sure this is exactly the scene that happened with my my Swedish <laughs> relatives. Um, hopefully, yeah. what ensued did not happen to her. Uh, she left the table and when she returned, she sat on the bird scissors she left sitting on the seat and they stabbed her at the bottom. Okay. Ow. I mean, I don't I've know. sat on. Knitting needles. <laughs> I still would. I, I don't want to sit on a scissors. I know. No. I though. I, I feel like a scissors would would have been laying flat. I don't know how this happened. However, there's this whole like con- concept. Um, it's a. It's like a Japanese idea that that everyday objects, um, are easily angered, if uh, if you kind of disrespect uh-huh. them, leave them around, and so they will come back for you. It's like that doll, Molly. Exactly. Ew. Exactly like the doll. Except <laughs> Patty, now did you just be say afraid of what my <laughs> I drop my scissors all over the place. I they're gonna come after me. But then You better the, just apologize when you do it. I should. Be, go full Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Um the the comments in this are great though, but it it, it is terrifying because there's a woman who said she thought she felt something poke her heel. Didn't see anything. Uh, a week went by, and she was starting ah! to have trouble walking. So she went into the doctor. The X-ray found that 
there was a pin or a needle embedded in her heel near the bone, and it, the tissue was starting to grow around it. Ew! Ah! Ew! I, I should have put in, like, a warning before this, this segment. This could be nasty. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I might pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put my head between my knees. <laughs> I was just like... What oh, is this I, topic? I, it, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there was, And there were, like... I, outside of this, there were even more stories of people and, like, where things ended up and how they... I was like, my goodness! The craft supplies are trying to kill us. Apparently, <laughs> they definitely are. Man, yeah. I thought I was fine. Now I'm going to have nightmares about <laughs> being I attacked apologize. by my needles. All I'm saying yeah. is don't leave especially small metal DPNs anywhere that they could fall into couch cushions. I 100% believe. Ask how I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we can fill in the blanks. <laughs> Although it wasn't a, a dramatic story. It was a, whoo, ah, what, what is that story? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Although I stab, I managed to stab myself with tapestry needles pretty frequently. Okay. And those are blunt. Uh, and I mean, granted, I, I was just writing a cross-stitch book, so I was sewing pretty quickly. But I put, well, I broke four needles total. Okay. And... Put at least two into my finger. Yeah. So, or under the fingernail I mean, even, is the worst. Yeah. Ah, no. Even the safe, the seemingly safe supplies are coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I drop needles I, all the time. Yeah. I lose them on a fairly regular basis. So I, mm, now Molly, I'm more nervous. You need to get a magnetic wand. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm serious. Yeah. I have one. Yeah. I, I mean, I have used perfect. magnets to try and find them, but they seem to, like, like leap places when mm-hmm. I lose them. Anyway. Anyway, um, so uh, I, I apologize for what may have been more nasty than anyone wanted to hear, but I will say I think it's good warning to anyone using um, really any kind of semi-dangerous uh, tool or supply because don't let that happen to you. <laughs> yeah. Please. No, and I'm sure <clears throat> and I'm sure there are about a million stories of kids having something happen. Yeah. Which let's not even well, Google okay, that. Okay, and just because I I considered tossing this in and now that you mentioned children, um the famed <laughs> magician Harry Houdini um actually mm-hmm. had a magic trick where he apparently swallowed needles and then swallowed some thread to go with it and then pulled the thread out and all of the needles are hanging on the on the thread oh yeah yeah and i've seen it done um with razor blades which is a variation on it um all of which are horrible horrible ideas to present (laughs) really humans but especially children what are people thinking yeah Anyway. People are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> so, not really very far, though. Oh, okay. crap. <laughs> because where I'm headed 
is anatomical embroidery. Oh, okay. Should I just change my next topic to sunshine and rainbows right now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, we didn't mean to make this a, a creepy Halloween episode <laughs> part two, since it's coming out after Halloween, yeah. and yet, apparently we're all creepy. It was. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, I have recently been super into this uh, anatomical and dissection and also vaguely whimsical embroidery. Um from uh, this person whose last name I could not find, um, but her Instagram and her company uh, is called Odd Anna Stitch. And her work is beautiful. It is. Beautifully done. Extremely, extremely skilled work. But also, maybe not for everyone. (laughs) Um, And so... What first got me going down this rabbit hole was seeing a baby in a womb embroidery piece that she did Yeah, that is just so cool. And, like, it's a very near birth. And as far as I can tell, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a C-section, but it isn't gory. It's... It's beautiful. Yeah. And, like, the position of the baby is so interesting. And so that sort of got me started on this. And then there is one that is just sort of charming that I like that's a half-cat face, half-human face, and it's just kind of cute. Mm -hmm. And then also a very gorgeous um, pattern of a bunch of women wearing hijabs. Yeah, that one is and stunning. And then, yeah, wasn't so, and, that beautiful? Yeah, and, and it feels different from a lot of her other work, and yet not. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so, it, she just has such, she has such an interesting brain in a way that I really like brains to be. Um, and so, then, of course, you will maybe find next her anatomical chest dissection piece and so if you i will link to all of these but if you go if you follow them in the show notes be aware that they they aren't gory but they are anatomical and therefore graphic yes um and so if you aren't interested in something like that this might not be for you like click on the cat one or something because that one isn't in any way creepy or the um hijab piece is also not at all creepy but i'm just so into her work because she's weird and creepy in the same way that i'm weird and creepy (laughs) and also fun fact um well her name i think is um well it's either anastasia or anastasia and i could not find pronunciation. But she grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, apparently, huh. which is where my dad lived and very near where I grew up. Yeah. So m- maybe it's in the water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but her work is just so beautiful. You could you could make things like that look obscene. Mm-hmm. And right. her work 
isn't obscene. And it, yeah, it's it's just so skilled. Well, the thing, like, so as a, um, as a former homeschool student, I guess mm-hmm. say you're once a homeschooler, you're probably always a homeschooler, but um, the, her embroideries <laughs> of the, um, like, the dissection-looking um, pieces, I find to be so, mm-hmm. like, like, that would be the kind of thing that, um, that a homeschooler would do as an assignment. Like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to actually dissect the cat, so I'm going to mm-hmm. look at pictures and then create an embroidery that displays, I mean, the way that she has it, like, the fabric folded out to, like, yes. represent um, that dissection process, or her piece where it's like the different layers of like the skeletal system and, and the organs and stuff. Like yeah. it's really cool. It's really yeah, And cool. I should mention that um, a lot of her work and I'll link to her Etsy shop as well. It's, it's not that she's making beautiful, just that she's making beautiful art. She's also selling kits and patterns. And so you too can make yeah. these very interesting kind of not what you expect embroidery pieces and I just I think they're awesome and I think people who are followers of the blog s may have seen some of them because I believe she has been stitching them also so anyway very cool. I just I really like it and it is exactly the kind of creative use of traditional crafting that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, another kind of making that I personally have found beautiful lately <laughs> mm-hmm. um, has involved uh, protest crafting um, without, oh, yeah. without getting too political or anything. Um, I've been out uh, about half of the mornings with the Chicago Teachers Union strikers out on the picket lines at my local um, elementary and middle school. And then Mm -hmm. last week I also did a march with, uh, I think there was estimated 30,000 people who were marching last week at this time downtown um, in solidarity with the Chicago teachers and the SEIU support employees who were also on strike. So Mm -hmm. with that background, I think today is day 10 or 11 of the strike and they don't count weekend days. So it's been more than a full week. Yeah. It's yeah. I think two full weeks is tomorrow. So like these people are getting tired. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. And the really inspiring thing has been standing out there and like getting to know people in my community who I might not otherwise meet, like people who are of a different socioeconomic background, local parents who are just bringing out their kids because they need some place to take their kid that morning and they want to teach them like what their teachers are doing when school's off. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But what's been really cool is seeing signs that kids have made, teachers have made, but without going into too much more detail than that, there's something really, really beautiful to me and really special about the Chicago Public Schools art teachers and the truly beautiful work they're doing, like every night when they make a new sign and make signs to give their friends, because that that's a way that they can share those skills that they have and also yeah. like process some of their feelings and anxieties about the strike happening and these negotiations going on for so long. And I've seen everything from knit and crochet beanies that look like little apples. There were a lot of those that at the March the last week. Aww. It was I so cute. Picture. 
And the, that same art teacher had all these little felt badges she made for people. And there's a lot of people who, because they've been picketing for so long, they've been bringing their crafts out. And when they're not holding up a sign, they're working on something when it's warm enough for their hands to do so. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, so those apple hats are probably my favorite thing. Obviously, there's a lot of signs that are really cool because there's so much you can do with a protest sign. I mean, tag board markers and paint are pretty beautiful supplies if you're given the right motivation. Um, And then there's one other guy, and I'll see if I can find a public picture of what he knit. But he knit this beautiful banner that's probably four or five feet tall in his school's colors. And it's this stranded color work thing that looks very like Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And so he was knitting that for like the first couple of days of the strike and has now been carrying the finished banner. And it's really, oh, really cool. cool. So awesome. anyway. Yeah. And I mean, people have been making protest crafts yeah. for all of, well, probably all of history. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, I mean, in different variations on all sides, all political spectrums. Like, this is a very normal, very human outlet for being creative and also feeling like you're doing something. Totally. And so that's, I I think that that is, it's really interesting to look at that just as something that humans do, Mm -hmm. um, even separate from whatever side you happen to be looking at Mm -hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, um, Haley, didn't you, um, share a link with me about, um, some protest skirts that, um, that were made, uh, I can't remember where, there's a link that we have somewhere for it, and we were going to talk about it at some point in depth, and we still should. Uh, the Bistrock celebration skirts. There you go. Um, those are what you're talking about from the Netherlands. Yes. That were made to, um, celebrate the liberation of the Netherlands from German occupation That's after World right. War II. That's there so you cool. go. Yep. Yeah, and we should definitely do a full Topic, segment yeah. on that sometime because they are they're individual and so beautiful and so meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you feel like going down that rabbit hole, um, F E E S T R O K Feestroch. Um, yeah. is how you spell that, and it <laughs> translates to, I guess colloquially, probably, to celebration skirt. Yeah, that's such so. a, like, just thinking about the context of that particular bit of, I guess not, I, craftivism, it probably is sort of on the edge of that umbrella term. Um, sure, sure. But can you just imagine, how, like, making something with this fabric that you've been through a war zone with? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like fabric that potentially could have come from something from before the war. Like there was so little back then that it's very, very, very beautiful that oh, it's yeah. a quilt. I know that's obvious, yeah. but it's just really cool. I mean, it's also interesting, like Depression era quilts. Yeah. Um, like the scrap quilts yeah. are similar in that. And I would even venture to say that that is a kind of protest art. But hmm. that might be, I mean, I could make that argument but <laughs> probably it would take longer than we have it yeah. so um yeah no you know, i dismiss that if uh if it raises your hackles <laughs> <laughs> um no i i have to say like whether i agree with or disagree with um any particular piece of protest art if it's done well i'm looking at mm-hmm. that going 
I don't really like what it had to say, but my goodness, that was creative. And that was so cool that everyone did this or that this one person made this incredible piece or, you know, like, I, I think that's so oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Good topic. Good topic. <laughs> yeah, that was a good topic. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now I need I need a little bit of your advice here. <laughs> so very Are you soon. So you want that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I either need your your enabling or your reining in. I think is how this is going to go. Um, <laughs> okay. Lay it on <laughs> very soon. Um, I'm taking a long road trip vacation with my family, which some people cringe at the very thought of, but it's, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. So I'm excited about this. Because um, your family's great. You know, you put <laughs> eight people in a van and drive, uh, you know, for 20 hours. No biggie. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, I was being sincere. Your family I know, really it's, is really nice. It, they, they are, and we like, this is one of our favorite family things to do where we get to go to Disney World and so that's like oh we love um, doing this um when we're able to so um my mom and I love Disney World yeah. yeah it's like it really is the happiest place on earth even when it's hot and there's crowds <laughs> you forget all about that because it's lovely it's so clean and well organized I know I know <laughs> um yeah so it does mean that I will not be here for our next episode of the podcast so I'm making sure that I, well, I have no way of controlling Haley and Heidi while, while I'm gone. I'm trusting that they're going to, you know, maintain some sort of order. Haley's there, so, you know, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> this is the question and advice. <laughs> You'll be fine. I've already updated all of the dates and calendars. I know. I know. It's all good. Anyway, um, a road trip, really a vacation of any kind, but especially a road trip, means time for crafting on the way to where you're going. So this brings up the question, how many projects should one bring on a vacation with them? Uh, right now, I have planned to bring with my English Paper Piecing Jam of the Month Club uh, mini quilt, which I've been working on the embroidered pieces all throughout the year, but I have not been assembling right. the mini quilt. So... I want to I'd love to be able to have this thing finished by the end of the year. So that's logical to bring that with. That's good handwork for in the in the car. Um or at night, you know, when you're like exhausted from walking through Disney but not quite ready to fall asleep yet. Um I also yeah, thought Yeah, don't put the needle in your mouth, okay? Okay. <laughs> good plan. Good plan. Um I also thought I should probably bring with the shawl that I am knitting for my mom as a Christmas gift, which I gave her as an unfinished Christmas gift last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have several things yeah. for my mom yeah. that are um, ongoing yeah. projects. I just, I wrapped, <laughs> that was generous. I, I, I wrapped it up on the needles still uh, and, and presented it to her that way, but I should probably finish it. So that's a good one to bring with. And then I thought... Why not also throw in the socks that I started knitting this year and haven't even finished the first sock? So, but like, I know that as I go, there will be other things that I think I should bring with me. But is three already too many? No. Well, if you've got socks. Yeah. I think socks take long enough, um, especially if you aren't 
particularly comfortable with socks yeah. yet. Um, that, like, that's usually what I toss in my bag. Um, my never-ending round of socks I won't wear. Um, <laughs> because I don't wear that kind of sock. So <laughs> It's about the process. Uh, it, I mean, it's something to do that's highly portable. And so I guess the question is, when you're looking at how much time you're going to spend traveling and how much free time you might have. Yeah. How many hours is that really? And then, I mean, I'm sure that you can ballpark the other projects. And I, I think there's also like the mixing it up and not always working on the same thing. Am I going to get tired of doing the same thing? Yeah, I would say as somebody who has family that's 12 hours in one direction and the other half of the family that's 12 hours in the other and having done a lot of road trips on deadlines, I actually don't think it's insane to say to a craft designer that three is generally like a good place to start if you're going to be on a road trip that long, particularly for the like needing to mix things up. At least this is what works for me. Obviously, I can at least speak for myself, but like a sock I would get bored of, I think, at a certain point um, because it's so (laughs) repetitive. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'd personally be looking at probably five things. Okay. Yeah, I think that's reasonable, especially since two of the things that you're bringing are knitting, right? Yes. So that's not really mixing it up. I know. I, I think yeah. I would bring, like, some sort of fun thing that's just for you, too. Yeah. So it's not all work and just give yourself permission to only do that if you want. Which is really funny because I was thinking, okay, so maybe I should bring the crochet project for work as well. (laughs) All right, maybe not. Well, you can, but then have the fifth thing be just a thing for you that you've wanted to make. Yeah. The, The nice thing about a road trip, too, is you don't have, like, space as many space limitations like you do if you're flying. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, you're all going in one vehicle, right? That is a lot of people. It is <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, how many do you how many seats does your van have? It seats 10. And there are, are 10 of you? There are 8 of us. So there okay. are extra okay. spots. This is by the way, again, uh, we homeschool. So this is the smaller van because our old van held 15 <laughs> passengers. <laughs> Wow. It was it was lovingly referred to as the big bus of fun. <laughs> I mean, and that was probably accurate. It honestly. was. It was. Everyone has room to spread out. It's great. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> I definitely think that you should listen to both yourself and Heidi in regards to how many projects you should bring. So average because four? I'm too much of a robot. Yeah. Okay. That's just a lot of hours in the van in close quarters. And if you get, and for me, when I get anxious, I am at least, well, if I'm anxious, I can channel it into getting this stuff done. So I'll have that not to be anxious about when I'm trying to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is fair. And, and I always like, I end up then with um, like memories associated with the projects that I work on. Same. Different times. Same. So, um, so yeah. this could be like, I could end up with a, like, Disney World socks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's fun. Yeah. I have a France shawl. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I have that I ripped out and redid. (laughs) Yeah, my work. It's so funny. I was actually talking about that phenomenon to my therapist yesterday. And I was like talking about like knowing exactly what I was doing when I was finishing certain designs or like which season of Bake Off I watched while designing the worker Uh bag. (laughs) My first book was Teen Mom. Oh, no. (laughs) It was was a terrible, terrible idea. (laughs) Uh, At least the second book was Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's funny. I, I, <laughs> I had, didn't watch anything for the third book. Um, I had a, let's see, during my book, there was definitely some, um, there was definitely a road trip in the middle of that, but also, um, I think Bones. I think I watched Bones while I was working on it. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, surprising no one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So since you're taking a road trip and probably aren't going to kill each other since, you know, you like each other. Yeah. Maybe we should transition to some crimes Definitely. that you aren't going to commit. Definitely. I don't know. Maybe. I. <laughs> we'll find Molly's out. Molly's a good girl. Uh, Molly doesn't get in trouble I, with the law. I think some of these might apply. They might. Especially while uh, driving through different states. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So I was originally looking for like funny old timey crafting related laws or lawbreakers thinking that, you know, probably somebody sewed through somebody's hand with their sewing machine or, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, or stole a spinning wheel. Oh, no. Or placed Although, a curse on Google, their neighbor's spinning wheel. Yeah, <laughs> which we do know about. Yeah, that's right. And that was what made me think of that. <laughs> Although don't Google um, spinning wheel and crime because oh. there are so many crimes committed on spinning wheel road and st- Spinning wheel street and oh. spinning wheel place. <laughs> that's just, not that's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> All right. Except so except I, I would be very excited about living on one of those streets for the record. Not if there's a lot of crimes <laughs> happening and, on them. <laughs> it was mostly the same one. Oh no. So I think you want to avoid that particular one. I don't remember what state it was in though. <laughs> or even city. But so instead of finding criminals i ended up finding laws and i have a few historical ones and a few that are seemingly still on the books those are the best so (laughs) yes (laughs) all right so history first um apparently in brooklyn in 1895 Church lotteries were deemed illegal, and the Brooklyn Sewing Society was very mad about it (laughs) because they could not raise money for charitable deeds by selling their crafts. Sure. So that that was um, that was in the New York Times. So apparently they were real mad. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I understand. And apparently you don't want to tangle with the Brooklyn Sewing Society. I believe that. Because they they swallow needles for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, was, I really wanted to know if they still existed today and could not confirm. Oh. Because I want to join Molly. Them. <laughs> oh my gosh. In other legal news, on November 6th of 1984, the United States ended a 42-year-long year ban on home knitting sales, um, which started in about 1942, so World War II era, which makes some sense, um, because they were meant, that ban was meant to prevent people from circumventing minimum wage laws. Whoa! Yeah, and apparently in 1984, when... The ban was lifted. Unions were really displeased because they thought that lifting the ban would like create turn all of these home knitters into like sweatshop labor factories and be competition for the garment industry. Well, and the at-home sweatshop labor that's all happening for cash off the record is alive and well thanks to Etsy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just saying. For sure. I mean, well, I mean, Etsy's always pay taxes, but... I'm talking about the people they hire to actually make the samples oh, and I know. exploit. I, I was talking know. about a strike a minute ago. No one should be surprised. Pay people what they're <laughs> worth and ask for what you're worth. This has but been I me. Just, oh, I agree completely. <laughs> and that is a very important lesson to learn. Yeah. But I just like that the unions related to the garment industry thought that people could knit fast enough mm -hmm. to be yeah. actual competition yeah. to the industry itself. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, probably they not. Either, they either know some really impressive knitters or they don't understand this process at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that. Uh, apparently, the argument was that this lifting of this ban would apply to maybe hundreds or thousands of mittens and sweaters <laughs> like it wasn't going to be in the country mm -hmm. okay <laughs> so anyway i i just thought that was sort of interesting because it bans on making things especially around wartime are pretty interesting mm -hmm. um and now the uh the third thing that i found in the history section is apparently seamstress and plain sewing were historical euphemisms for prostitutes and prostitution. And I guess this was because prostitutes often listed their profession in census data as seamstress. Hmm. And okay. so if you would like to look into that further and say seamstress guilds, and such. Oh. Um, you, yes. Um, <laughs> you should feel free to go down that particular internet rabbit hole at your leisure. <laughs> um, all right. So now I just have a couple of modern day. Okay. So according to, well, probably modern day. Uh, according to Boating Magazine in 2005, <laughs> it's illegal for men to knit during fishing season in, <laughs> oh, I didn't actually write down where, oh, in New Jersey. <laughs> in New Jersey? So. Wow. In New Jersey. I was not um, expecting New and, Jersey of all places. And can we just acknowledge yeah. the irony of the word Jersey being in that state name? 
thank you. Yes. Thank you well for done. thinking my well joke done. is funny. <laughs> and there's our dad joke. We needed there one. There it is. <laughs> All right. Now, oh my goodness. Um, in Guernsey, in the Channel Islands, it is apparently illegal for men to knit during daylight hours due to... Uh, and this was a problem because sweaters were more profitable, like Guernsey sweaters are more profitable than fishing. So men weren't fishing. Instead, they were making Guernsey sweaters because they made more money. I love that so much. Isn't that great? And I guess it's currently still on the books as far as I could tell. Um, And now... Well, since you're going to Disney World, you should be all right. But were you going to Disneyland, this would apply to you, Molly. Okay. (laughs) If you're in California, you'd better be careful with your knitting needles and scissors because Penal Code 2113, or wait, hold on, 21310, there we go. Okay. um, Classifies them as concealed weapons. I mean... And it is illegal to conceal and carry those weapons. And it really does specifically state those things um, in the code. I, I so, did look and did that, find that. Weird. It, okay, so yeah. I really, I understand. Okay. What if you carry them in, in a, a way. holster on the outside? <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, a holster. I want the, that. The, yeah. I think... It would be fine for knitting needles and not for scissors. The issue is that they are classified in the same way as knives. Sure. All of them. And because the actual code is things that could stab into someone and cause bodily harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that is that. Is that. So I, I'm just picturing that all was, of these uh, knit nights getting busted now. Because they ha- don't have all of their. Knitting I mean, but they wouldn't get busted when things were out. Yeah, they only but get like, busted in your project bag. Right, but so like, imagine they're just the police are just <laughs> waiting there for all of these knitters to arrive. Everything's still concealed in their bags. I suspect this has not been been a problem. Otherwise, I would have found it. Um, I, I would imagine it, so. It, yeah, yeah, and I found a. About 20 more of these things, but the, these were the most fun. Yeah. So I, I will leave everyone with those pieces of wisdom. And uh, it, I also think that we should maybe take away from this that maybe it makes a lot of sense for people who sew now to call themselves sewists and not seamstresses. <laughs> Good point. I mean, unless I mean, you wanted to I'm convey something extra. Profession. Yeah. I'm not yeah. knocking the oldest profession. I think it would be very interesting to combine those two services. Huh. But <laughs> I think the rest of the world would probably bow out. Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before we officially sign off, we want to give a shout out to some serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. Many thanks to Stephanie, Andrea, and Joanna. We really appreciate yes, thanks, you guys. guys. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yay. So if you're a person who likes to hang out on the internet, you should hang out with us. <laughs> Find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join the conversation? Tag us using hashtag VerySeriousCrafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with at SeriousCrafts so we can reshare. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? Great! Please, pretty please, leave the Very Serious Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts, please. (laughs) Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And And finally, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click sponsor. Or support us at Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts. All right. right. Thanks, guys, for another episode. Yeah. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.